catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. It's become a tradition for us to every year look at the different areas in tech and ancillary um, sectors to look at the trends that shaped the sector and to look at the trends from that sector that shaped other areas of tech or other areas generally. And in this episode, we would be looking at marketing and I don't know if we should actually merge marketing and advertising or if we just you know, concentrate on marketing, maybe marketing with a sprinkling of advertising. I would also like to know what, when I start um, you know, speaking with you know, the guests I have today, I'd also like to know where, the, where we draw the line um, because I have the experts here with me. I have Onyeka Mwobo. He's a seasoned brand and innovation strategist and management advisor with over eight years of experience. And also I have Susan Anifiok, Met a media specialist at Media Fuse Dentsu Ages Network. But then I would also want them to introduce themselves and give us an idea of um, the kind of work that they're into so that we better understand um, what they're into before we get into the conversation. Oh, do I start with Onyeka? Yes. Hi, Onyeka. It's good to have you here. Hi, Tony. Thanks for having me. Okay, so my name is Onya Kamuku, and I am, as Tony has mentioned, a brand strategist. I am also a management advisor, youth educator, and I'm also a women development consultant. And I am, you know, I run a platform called SIT Global, which stands for Strategist in Tech. And um, what we do is we are a professional education platform that supports African tech companies, um, ecosystem enablers and professionals to effectively achieve business growth and optimize for scale through our localized expertise and trainings um, that focus on strategy and branding. So that's me in a nutshell. Uh, strategies in tech. Okay, that's good. Interesting. Thank you. And Susan, hi, let's meet you. Okay, hi. So, um, Susan and Network, as rightly mentioned, I work in the advertising space and um, basically I handle brands, account management, and involve account management of brands and um, strategies. So, when I mean account management, I'm talking about from strategy to planning, even up to the point of deployment. So basically, that's what I do. And I manage a team in planning and strategy. And um, what else? I'm a lover of God. I'm a Christian. I think that's it. Okay, beautiful. Now that we've met Susan and Onyeka, we'll stick to first names. Where do we draw the line between marketing and advertising? Susan, you're more into advertising. And Onyeka, you're more into marketing, I'm guessing. Uh, where do we draw the line? Where exactly is the line? Um, Susan first, then Onyeka. So I'll say um, advertising is a fragment of marketing. So we have the understanding. So there's really no line to draw because it is from the marketing budget that you will not derive what budgets will go into advertising. So, so I'll say that they work it hand in hand because one aspect affects the other aspects. Onyeka, 
Yeah, I think to support what Suzanne is saying is it's really hard to sort of pull them apart, although they are quite distinct in their in their own ways. You can't do marketing without actually advertising. So it, it, I don't see how that's going to work. I do think, however, from a marketing point of view, there's a very heavy play on even like the use of psychology. It's more a scientific process. It's more technical. It deals largely with numbers that has to do more with numbers i'm sure that advertising it all sits into each other but um, when you're dealing with marketing you are bordering the line of you know a science that has to do with psychology like really understanding people's triggers um consumers triggers and all of that so yeah i, I would say while you can't really take advertising out of marketing there is a distinctness and and as she mentioned you derive your advertising from whatever marketing or whatever marketing strategy you put together so yeah hmm. okay now for for people i would describe them as you know, maybe the public or the masses most times you know whether it's you know something that's in marketing or if it's you know just advertising they usually you know are not aware of you know what happens behind the scenes yeah because most people who make these things happen either in products persons services it's just the final work that you see and whatever you see that's really what it is onyeka what's really stood out for you as someone who is practicing in the space what stood out for you in 2023 what were the things that shaped marketing according to your viewpoint in 2023 so i i come largely from the field or my focus would be in in brand so my observations would lean a lot largely towards brand marketing and um, because there are different types of marketing and things that stood out to me is you know in in brands or companies you know trying to market themselves to people a lot more emphasis on community building now community building has been something that it's been a thing for a long time it's not today that it started but i couldn't help but notice how brands using the fact that they have a community of people to actually sell what it is that they're selling and it's more like if you think about it people putting together a band of advocates or a band of people who would refer the business so I couldn't help but notice how a lot more strategies leaned towards that as opposed to, you know, like maybe the the other tactics that, you know, were being used in the previous years. Another thing I would, I would say is there's a subtlety in which, you know, like companies in tech are actually selling themselves or have sold themselves this year there's been a subtlety and it's almost like if you don't look closely you actually don't know so and i see this more from the viewpoint of founder branding and how you don't really know that you know the way that the founders are being positioned or them being really put in your face i admit this prediction earlier this year and i said that there would be the rise of um, founder branding and the reason why is that we're seeing or we saw that a lot less people you know like when they go to company brands are not 
in anymore if i can if i can say so like it's all, only a mark of credibility to say like okay yes i built my i built my company's brand but people are looking for more human connection um especially especially you know when you're dealing with africans africa is a very emotion driven place so they're looking for who they can connect to they want somebody that and there's also like I think something that has influenced this is also the need for accountability, right? Especially in tech, because we hear like all these, like, you know, it can stem from the huge raises and, you know, all of these things. And, you know, when they're able to see the founders, I think it, it, it gives a better or it connects them better to whatever is being built. It can be the founders or it can be the leaders, but those that would be something that I've really observed that has, it's really caught my eyes. And there are so many of them, so many of them. And even when you look at it from an investment perspective and how the investors sort of even position the founders out there as well, it's not just the thing of the companies doing it themselves. And I think like more use of storytelling storytelling marketing than because we're in tech there's a tendency to lean towards figures and numbers and data and all of that but what we're seeing um that is is slowly coming or gradually coming up you know just the emphasis on storytelling marketing and i think that even from again i, I see these things from a multi-pronged view so there's me looking at it from the lens of the customers there's me looking at the lens of from the companies and the employees themselves and also from the investors because it's a whole chain of people. Um, even investors are demanding more storytelling, you know, like because what exactly are you selling and like how does it even make you that different from the other person? So those would be things that I, I found interesting. There's something else, but I'll, I'll save that for, for later. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm really curious as to what you're saving for later. So Susan, Onyeka says community building is something she noticed brand leader or founder branding. Yeah, that's a quite subtle yeah. and uh, storytelling marketing. Susan, for the kind of companies you've worked with um, and the kind of projects you've worked on, um, you know, from maybe December 2022 till like, you know, November 2023, what exactly have you noticed that has been very, very important or big in the marketing slash advertising space? So, like, we've always glamoured that um, the industry is customer centric. So this year, we saw a lot of that. All brands trying to, like she said, community building. All brands trying to have human connections, see how to tell stories more interestingly. What I would say really stood out for most of the brands that I've worked on is we had a lot of AI. For example, so tech, I'll call out tech. So we had a lot of initiative around AI. For example, we had AI filter, Snapchat, and what I have you. And it was a key initiative that most of the brands had to like hear into to ensure that they leverage and of course com communicate with their consumers. And um, we say a lot of influencer marketing. We've heard of this in the past, but this year it became like top-notched. Like it was almost everything we're talking about from, uh, I will say example, one of my brands is currently hosting like a game show using Twitter where they have to bring a lot of influencers to drive this conversation on and offline. So a lot of influencer marketing was top-notched as well for this 2023. 
and um, another thing that was say actually shaped the industry for all for big brands let me not generalize for big brands i would say this year we saw upcon coming with some sort of regulations that had to shape some of the advertising content on tv one example would be for most global brands big brands now that um, during the world cup we had some sort of constraint getting some sort of communication approved because there were new communication on new policy basically around um, foreign models that also shaped the advertising sphere because some brands couldn't advertise they had to look for other means to advertise and in a way it affected i'll say our budget was spent for 2023 hmm, very interesting I, I like i like that where i'm getting these thoughts from onyeka and then these thoughts from you too for clarity um abcon for those who will be hearing abcon for the first time abcon is a advertising practitioners council of nigeria right yeah. i thought you were saying advertising regulatory it's the um, advertising uh, practitioners yeah. council yeah it's not regulatory council oh oh okay okay so Arcon now so, Arcon. Right now, so right now they're trying to sorry i i'm, I'm continuing so before now it was basically um traditional media okay so right now they're trying to ensure anything communication so they've they're really into the advertising space the digital space right now and they're trying to sanction or bet let me see let me be fair and say they're trying to regulate censor what is being put out there so that's why they have to change their names so that they are all encompassing it's not just traditional um, media hmm. okay okay beautiful and we will get to the regulatory activities and how we think we fared you know, in 2023 now to community building and onyeka you can speak to this and susan can also you know speak to this but before 2023 um, it might just be me but we used to think i used to think that community building is just you know you just like get you know data of people um, and then you know add them up on a whatsapp group or you know just have them on telegram and share information with them have we broadened the scope of what community building is and what really like where exactly are the borders you say this is community building yeah i think it's really evolving your rights before it's like we would get a list of people or we would grow like maybe if it's our email database or if it's the telegram database but you're going to if you look around you're going to see a lot more i think we should say more community engagement actually would be like a more ideal term for it because you're seeing people even a lot of a lot of what has happened has gone beyond we have the list there's more in-person gatherings of these actual communities there's more in-person engagements with people there's there's been so many so many events so many events like everywhere you look there's people just bringing communities together to mm -hmm. actually engage them and so I, I think that we have moved past the state list so i have a group of people who are actually strong advocates for my business or my company or i have a a, a a a or i'm building out a relatively strong ecosystem for maybe if it's an agenda or whatever it is that i'm involved in or my business is involved in so i think that the community members are a lot more engaged with the brands than we were seeing before so i i, I would say that it's evolving and i'm also keeping an eye out for how it it's 
evolves further, you know, if, if I can say so. Hmm. Okay, interesting one there. <laughs> okay, I will just leave that conversation about community because I know that oh god, a lot of people have talked about or made comments. It's been one of the buzzwords of 2023. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. is one of the buzzwords of 2023. Now mm-hmm. let's let's take a look into AI. Susan mentioned AI. How much has AI impacted the work that? Mark those in the marketing and advertising space, like the work that is being done within that space. I, I like that Suzanne brought up AI. I think just from my lens, two key things like I would have noticed is just more use or more leaning on AI for actual from a marketing perspective. M- leaning on AI more from a content creation and point of view, and also it's having a human touch. So you're going to see brands who have lots of brands who are playing around with AI and, you know, like even if it's adding that human touch, but then it looks like a little game fight. I'm sure you saw pictures of people who said, oh, this is what AI did or, you know, things like that. This is what AI did to my photo or, you know, things like, or, or, or even like, oh, I took a headshot and then, you know, I was able to, AI gave me the rest of the clothes or whatever, you know. So it's stuff like that that um, I've observed. Um, and with, with brands, I think there's a lot more leaning towards it. It goes beyond visual content in terms of the writing. Like my team, ChatGPT is huge for my team and I. Like even copy AI, there's lots of teams like leaning on even Notion. So let's even talk about mm. operations management as well. Like Notion, being able to even manage teams inside of these type of tools as well that you know like all of the the type of tools that we use here in west africa are popular with the founders or the companies here embedding ai to sort of make it easier and faster um and i think to reduce a lot of dependency on like human because for things that can be done relatively faster to reduce that dependency but i also think that there's if we look at it contextually in africa there's also for cost effectiveness when we speak about like content creation or you know using it for maybe customer relationship management systems or all of that there's also the the concern of cost cost effectiveness i feel like for ai to be able to do those things in the speed of light that one person or a group of people will take so much time to do business owners are factoring that in right um i think the only concern is the people who are because ai does have to be it doesn't function just by itself it has to be operated by a human being so the concern mostly has just been around like people understanding prompt engineering the professionals understanding prompt engineering and all of that another thing i would say like has been popular with ai that i've seen like as a trend is and this is contextually to africa is like native language processing so i i've I've seen this a lot more in the agriculture space so where you know, like, you know, a lot of them have to reach like rural areas mm-hmm. um, with farmers and how they, um, to be able to engage with farmers and be able to make them their customers. So these people don't have access, like smartphone penetration is not very high there. So how do they even communicate with the, what's it called? So AI is able to make native language processing easier so that the the whatever the people in maybe lagos if they're speaking english the people maybe in the north can process i think there's a there's an actual company i'm forgetting their name now that they, they won an award or something like that um for building out you know it's native language processing app i think so 
so yeah that's in, in that's a lot of what i've noticed with ai as regards to the context of how it's being used or how it is impacting the african tech ecosystem now onyeka if uh, this is just me thinking out loud yeah if you know teams that work with brands are yeah. using ai to generate content you know whatever yeah. the content is either it's you know strategy content for strategy um, yeah. or content for content use you know per se uh, yeah. are we thinking of the impact it would have on yeah. the feedback or the outputs that you know mm-hmm. expected output from the client and Um, I, I, so I want to understand the question correctly. Are we thinking about the the quality of the work that comes out leveraging AI and how that impacts the feedback that we get? Yes, and, may, and maybe originality. Original, yeah. I, I think I think yes. So the thing about it again, it's why prompt engineering AI doesn't work on its own. I, it's not that you use AI and then you know everything you get. So let me start with prompt engineering, for instance. If you go and say like, oh, you want to create something for a brand, first of all, you as the human being actually have to understand the brand. You have to be able to communicate to the AI like this is actually what I'm going for. And AI, nothing. There's no amount of technology that is without flaw. So if AI gives you something back. it is also due diligence for you as a marketer to be able to sit down and really go through it and make your tweaks and changes to make sure that it's aligned because at the end of the day when you're dealing with brand you're dealing with soul and so you can't rely on automation to give you soul you have to sort of come back and do your due diligence so the way we talk about due diligence with investors is the way that we should start ad- advocating for due diligence with even marketers do you when you use ai because it is a helpful tool the job is to give you structure and to give you structure with speed it's not to give you the heart of what it is that you're trying to write or what it is you're trying to communicate i don't think that ai can actually help you develop the actual strategy itself because i i work in strategy and i don't think that it can do that for you it can just give you a way it can help you think about what it is that you're doing faster and give you the structure so i think i think about that i think the, i can't speak to if all teams leveraging ai are thinking about it or if they're just saying let's move as fast as possible because we know how the tech space can be it's you know speed 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 i don't know that they're thinking about it in in that regard but i'm sure that in some cases it would have ai would be a tool that has positive impacts you know in the marketing of a company and in some cases it might be having negative impacts because it's not being utilized properly so it's a usage concern Susan, what are your thoughts about this? How has AI impacted internally the work that you do, the process, uh, you know, the output? And tell us a little bit more about, you know, how the initiatives around AI, maybe just a little bit more details around about how this, you know, like happened this year. I was going to say that AI does not work in isolation. So it works closely with the person that is man and it just like every other machine or computer just like your laptop so you cannot just start, start typing on its own you have to direct it in a way so basically it gives you idea just to further portray what Moyeka um, said it gives you idea how better you can do the work and it, of course considering speed because if we for example now for content now if you're going to start you have to first brainstorm think about how you want to write an idea 
and or a subject matter for instance with the help of ai you can it will give you ideas of how to now make it better so it's just it's left for the person to modify it i just have to portray a, a point so it's not like he's out there on his own doing what he's supposed to be doing so how he has helped us as a company or as a brand i don't mention one of my brands but we actually leveraged it for one of my brands and we had a filter where we have artifacts on one side of the face and the other face was your face so he helped us gather engagement and it was across borders so it wasn't just in nigeria we could transcend beyond nigerian border we released with other people in african markets and then it was an initiative that was largely driven by ai and uh, it was a good one because it helped us to garner engagements for the brand and we even entered it for an award and it was a good one because we were shortlisted basically in uh, cans so um like she rightly said it has affected how content is created so right now you have creative directors and copywriters who have to think outside the box because you do not want me to give your job to a machine so you have to challenge yourself so it's not it's not like those days where a copywriter just comes up with an idea so right now is actually challenging copywriters to do more, to think outside the box and come out with something unique, with or without AI. Yeah. So and for data, like um and remember on this call before we started, um Monica's pilot wanted to join. So he helps us to gather data. If I need to gather information on some persons, it can help me do that. So basically it helps us to fast track things that will take usually days to do or maybe has to do it could be done in less um, amount of time yeah, yeah yeah very yes very very interesting points as much as ai <laughs> um, became a buzzword in 2023 for across you know sectors something that is quite interesting is the fact that both of you also mentioned storytelling and human connection and you know the fact that we're emotional we're, we're driven by our emotions um, putting that side by side it just means that oh yes uh, there's like this wonderful tech that's like doing a lot of things that seems like it's going to replace humans but it still feels like um, we can't do without that human connection let's talk a bit about experiential marketing for those who haven't heard about it yet or who have no idea what it is about was this a thing in 2023 um and if it was a thing how um and suzanne or onyeka any, anyone can can speak to this yeah i'll go I, I think yeah experiential marketing i'm coming from an advertising background and what we would define experiential marketing typically is you know whether it is offline at that time and i think i've seen it in tech it, it, i think this thing is really nuanced because maybe also where it's coming from you know with more corporate clients and all of that and yes everybody does have tech but um some more some companies hone in more and what i've seen is in tech it's a little more nuanced so yes there has been more emphasis the, the thing about experiences when you say experiential and you talk about experiences is humans are they live for it, the experience and that's because at the end of the day humans care more about they never forget how you make them feel 
so that that's the end goal P people are aiming to make people feel something like what can i make you feel and that's very according to brands right so i think coming off of you know the old school style of what is experiential marketing i've seen it play out in a digital and then like offline type of you know setting i think when we speak about this whole when we speak about this whole community engagement again and that's when we now look at maybe experiential as a, like an offline thing and even i should say this offline or, or online to be honest because when we think about this community engagement thing that we we keep saying what brands have been doing is creating experiences for customers right and that has been that has been the running theme of this year it's like how because there's been the battle of how much longer can i keep your attention as a customer uh -huh. that's what the battle has been about how much longer and the battle is very fierce because especially in west africa and especially I, I want to say in west africa in the whole of africa but like in nigeria because what is fighting for people's attention there's too many things and i dare say not even good things so <laughs> what you're trying to do is that how much longer can i keep this person focused on me so i've seen that happen like you're i'm seeing back to back brands are doing virtual then they'll pair with offline then they'll do virtual and pair with offline so that's what what's been happening and it's been a huge trend and i want to say that it's not just been brands from a company point of view you're even seeing this in you know the the investment space is actually also and i think maybe they're also setting the pace because when i think about it aren't they the ones sort of giving the the, the lot of the founders the guidance the strategic guidance that they're actually leveraging so yeah susan what do you think okay so um like when you come in rightly mentioned experiential marketing is both ways online and offline you will witness um, influencers doing giveaway that's them trying to create experience and they want to remain the most talked about so that they can train as well and when brands are looking for uh, one one influencer to use their name to pop up so influential marketing is basically about creating experiences and these experiences are supposed to leave your brand your consumers are supposed to live with them they're supposed to take them wherever they are going to so in a way has impacted marketing largely if you remember the coca-cola story where they had to write your name it was a massive campaign and coca-cola sold out so it was just because of that initiative they were creating experiences for people okay you just wanted to personalize your name the brand sold out and that year their, their marketing budget of course went up i'm sure in the next year they will be giving attributing more to advertising you know in a way marketing influences advertising budgets once you sold the next year you sold enough bottles of coke the next year you're going to pump more money into it because you also want to outdo yourself or outdo competition because competition is going to come back and also like when you correctly said is a, a battle of top of mind so everybody's so the next year another brand is going to come and try to sway gear space and ensure that the attention is all on him or her so basically this goes a long way to affect advertising in terms of budgeting in terms of competition what other brands are going to be doing so in the long run it affects employment and the likes because that means it's going to open up the industry and people are going to want to spend more and of course you can see a lot of um, tiktokers everybody's trying to drive content everybody's trying to be popular everybody's trying to be relevant and the result of all of these experiences because they want to remain um, relevant as the case may be 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with Suzanne. I think we've, we've touched on some point. I, I think the one thing I do, you know, sort of see differently is it's influencing how it influences advertising. So when we go back to Coca-Cola, something that Coca-Cola has done, and, and I want to say that maybe this is the, the one trend I've been observing. There's, when we look at the West African market, there's a lot more, I think now, a few of them are catching up to it. And I really think this is largely driven by what investors are demanding because you dance to the tune of who is funding you. But we've, we don't see a lot of brands, like actual, we call them brands, but really, I, I guess they are brands, but like we don't see a lot of intentional branding with companies in tech. It's not a thing. There's a lot of marketing. And if we look at tech, there's more growth marketing than there is brand marketing. And we can talk about how that is really impacting why we have um, an average lifespan of 18 months, you know, for startups to live in, in, in Africa, generally, right? Um, we're not seeing a lot of intentional branding, but when we go back to people like Coca-Cola, I don't think that, I don't really think that it necessarily is going to, it's going to say an increase in budget because if people do actually build brands, it really shaves off how much you spend on marketing and advertising. And, you know, there's the Coca-Cola story. Okay, so Coca-Cola has been building a brand and then built evergreen advertising campaigns. And one time they tested their campaign against, they tested an evergreen campaign to see if their customers would still be engaged. And I think the numbers, their sales really shot up after they, they, re, they re-ran one of their evergreen campaigns right and the numbers went up and so that actually cut down on their marketing cost that year I'm, I'm forgetting the year but there's a case study on it and maybe i'll find it on youtube and share it so i, I don't necessarily think I, I think that it increases marketing budget if there's no brand i think that it cuts down advertising and marketing budgets if there is brand so i, I think that this whole creating experiences because when, when we get experiences from experiences gotten from brand you know some experiences will be better than the other and the, the only thing that makes one experience better than the other is like how much intentionality people put into a brand versus the other people who don't put that much intentionality or who don't have as much soul or who don't have a brand um so that is where i sort of stand differently with what susan has shared I guess, you know, if we look at numbers and we see that there's more in terms of advertising budgets or even like relatively like hard marketing budgets, because something that I'm seeing is how companies can relatively, if you build a brand, it does save you money in the long run and you can actually focus more on a more sales driven approach than a marketing and advertising approach, which means you're just focused on making money at the time because the brand is already speaking for you and you've already captured, you know, cu customers' hearts and you're um, sort of, you build loyalty and you have equity in people's minds. Uh, so one place that... Um, sorry. Yeah, one yeah, minute. sure, Susan. So I, I like the fact that you said that you sort of disagree, but I was just trying to emphasize the point that when you over-deliver, you as a brand, composition is going to try to outsmart you. So if you want to go back to the Coca-Cola story, you might say that somehow I worked on the brand by extension. So I know what I'm saying. I'm not just talking boys. You don't need to say all of that. But I can tell you for a fact that after that campaign, Pepsi, the other cola brands, 
changed their marketing initiative. They looked for something to do to ensure that they could drive top of mind conversation that period because it was going to be a big deal for them to overcome what um, competition has done, which is Coca-Cola. So in the long run, it might not impact directly on that brand, but in the advertising space or the industry, it will impact, which is what I just wanted to call and point out. Thank you. Okay, um, Onyeka, are you are you fine with this? We can move on from yeah, this. I, no, I no, I I hear her on on competition coming up. Um, that's a given. I think uh, just for me, it's at the end of the day, you have actually saved money, and I think that's we're aligned. I just think like where I'm coming from is different. Yeah, yeah different. It's from a different um, angle. Yeah. Okay, so let's move to social media. Yeah what did we notice in social media on social media across platforms right as marketers and i know that susan already mentioned that influencer marketing was a big deal this year susan what else did you notice and what about influencer marketing did it and onyeka what about social media you know was good for branding this year Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think susan should go Okay, so I know we've spoken about community building and engagement. Uh-huh. So the usual, if I'm to talk about sports now, we have fans and not just sports now, so music. For example, we have the Whiskey and the David fans. And you know what they do? They try to idolize or defend. The work basically is to defend or advocate for the brands. So, because some of these influencers are big and they have this large community of following. So, basically, you leverage the following to impact or to engage. And basically, you leverage your following to engage with consumers. And because most of them are, are trending every day, they are doing a whole lot of things to ensure that they are in the faces of these your consumers. So you need them to help you speak, advocate, because somehow your consumers listen to them and they have a large um, network of consumers that you want to leverage or that you want to communicate with. So it was it was a big one for, for us. We saw a lot, of, a lot of content, even though I can't clamp down on most of them. But then it was it was big for us because as brands, these guys are here to stay and they have the following and you need the following to activate whatever campaign you want to activate, especially when it comes to for entertainment. Say, for example, you have an event, you want people to come for your party. They have the followers, they have the network and then you have to leverage them. So I would say that influencer marketing was quite influential this year and is yet to stay. So we'll be seeing a lot of people doing all sorts because they want to remain in limelight and they want to be popular so that they can become ambassadors. Okay, and just if a follow-up to this would be for the influencers themselves, what has the relationship been between the influencers, those who act as influencers on the social platforms and the marketers? <laughs> I love okay so <laughs> I okay so I was to be to be candid I'll try to be I'm the econ- economical of my words because of course don't know where this podcast is going to get to so usually 
I would just reference a celebrity relationship with the fan. Sometimes it looks like that, where some of them understand exactly what they're supposed to do and how to go about it. Why some are just there for the money? You're paying me and I'm to do your job. And sometimes they do not even come back to you. So you have to say, they know they're supposed to do the job, but they really do not, they're not as passionate as you are. They're not as passionate. They're just tools. And that is how we should see them and use them basically because they're celebs and sometimes they feel are doing you, they're doing you some good. So the relationship is is not for some, it depends, it depends. It's mutually mutual, mutual exclusive, why some is is one sided. So I guess I'll just stop there. <laughs> okay, okay, interesting. I, I, I... If they're getting the job done and you're getting a job done on your own end and the results are coming in well, uh, to some extent, that's uh, uh, quite a good one, right? Yes. Okay, let's leave that at, at that and not dig any further. Onyeka, what are your thoughts, social media and marketers in 2023? Mm. I think for me, what I've observed is a lot more, I mean, we've seen why or we finally understand why instagram was so heavy or they were so insistent on rivaling tiktok with reels and so short form video marketing has been the i would say because like it's almost like no other form of marketing on social is working anymore except you stand in front of a camera and, and make it like 10 seconds so there's also marketers really trying to be able to that 10 seconds is like everybody's most people's attention span is just 10 seconds now you know so yeah that's that's what i observed there's definitely like more face time with customers consumers i think the ig live maybe only the only year that probably rivals this is like 2020 when any, everybody was like at home and mm, covid you know, yeah yeah covid time uh, maybe that's the only time that rivals it, but like everybody's, you know, like there's always a live for every hour, you know, like as you're as you're sitting down. So there's definitely yeah. more. There's there's more face time with consumers. There's more audio time. Um, I'm seeing this to be relatively different in terms of, I guess, some people are merging both. I was going to demarcate or sort of separate it in terms of like B2C sort of using like the FaceTime as an approach and B2B sort of going like the audio, um, the audio routes, but then also seeing how like an audio can mean podcast, it can mean um, Twitter. People are basically even converting stuff that they speak on into podcasts, right? So yeah, I, I think I think that those are the key things that I have observed. There's still definitely like a lot more writing and like people wanting to actually see reports and stats and things like that in tech space so i know that statistics data visualizations are really huge you know like when it comes to the tech space so content that has to do with data and really just showing what's happening across the continent in the different regions that's something that we're seeing and then also like reports and I would say short form articles really that really just like capture what people are saying, but then maybe people are being creative about it in terms of maybe spinning them into carousels and things like that. So, yeah. So we've all lamented everyone doesn't seem to have enough time to consume <laughs> long form content. As people who work in the marketing and advert space, have we mm -hmm. contributed to this? 
I, I don't know if to say we have contributed or it's a thing of demand is is really what is driving the supply because you know when everybody when you even think about it how before we used to want to just post like a banner one banner and one banner would be enough but engagement would drop and then you see like maybe 20 people like your your what's it called or engage with it or you know you have fewer comments and so i think it's it's more people i think in terms of the consumers it's more variety spice of life so people demanding different you know like demanding more from from marketers or oh, be more creative or oh, be this be that but what i would really say about this is while demand is driving supply some people have stuck to their way of doing things and have built a brand doing it a certain way and people have adapted so it's really a thing of you can either jump through hula hoops or you can do what you want to do and people will adjust again that also really depends on your brand personality and all of that um if you are going for like for instance you are an everyman and you want to be as relatable as possible odds are you would want to sort of tweak and bend to what consumers are demanding for but if you are a creator or you know like you know you you are you innovate you, some people you notice that some people set trends and an example of someone who who has stuck to the way that he posts what he posts for instance is chris Jew. chris Jew has not changed how he posts posts in years you know what i mean like so that's how you post and you're going to have to either like it or you're not for him so it's really a brand personality conversation um as much as um brand personality conversation that really informs do i pander to what customers or consumers are demanding for or do i give them because at the end of the day while you're jumping through hula hoops the truth is consumers are really looking for one thing value so if consistently you keep giving them in that format that mm, it might not be the most exciting but it's giving them value odds that they're going to lean towards you than someone who is doing all of the acrobatics to you know give them variety or whatever so yeah mm, value value really important susan we have we've talked about or we've mentioned you know the role that archon played in the space this year would you want to speak on it a little bit in terms of regulatory activities and how it impacted um, the work um, that marketers and those in the marketing space have done or been able to achieve or not been able to achieve in 2023 so i would say that Akon is a regulatory body appointed by the federal government to regulate sanction or sensor and um, advertising practices in Nigeria. So that being said, as a federal agency, it is saddled with that power, the power to do and overdo. <laughs> so, but basically um, their work is to ensure that there's some sort of sanity in the system, in the advertising space. So we have um, all the communication or like other countries where you have comparison. If you want to take America, I want to use an Amer America as an example where you have so you have competition of doing each other. That sort of advertising is is not accepted in our country, Nigeria. That being said, to be fair, they've done a good job by ensuring that most um, people that do not have business being in acting advertising do not. They are not practicing. So, for example, I'll start by talking about the influencers. 
before now, influencers can just pick up content and then they talk about the plan and then they post that instead. They can play around with it, but that's not acceptable. You have to be a pro. You have to have some sort of study or understanding of what the work is or what needs to go in, into um, the brand. So that's some sort of sanity that has been introduced into the advertising space, especially in the digital space. Where I might be having a challenge is where they have um, stopped from a foreign brands. We have global brands. I'm not saying foreign, global brands. Brands are available in, in other markets. And most of these uh, big brands are multinationals. So, multinational. so they have advertising that you want to run. So I'll say a quick example. Uh, it's the multinational company. So they have adverts that they want to run in all of the markets. Same communication across all the markets. And for the fact that they have some sort of models and they're not of our color or of our descent or adverts, um, Apcon is actually against you doing that. But in the long run, that, that sort of stifled them the advertising revenue for, or I'll just say the marketing advertising budgets in a way because some brands could not advertise as a ONG. So in a way, it affected, I would say maybe by the end of the year, we're looking at um, advertising spend for 2023. That period, when we look at the period when that law was introduced, you'll notice that there was like a deep because of this um, trend. But I'm also happy because they've been able to like give some linears to some brand that are global and have a reason to advertise. So they have introduced what we call foreign model, foreign model variation, which gives you the opportunity if you have a case. So you come forward and say, my brand is a global brand because of XYZ, XYZ. We have to run this advert in Nigeria as well. It's not just running every other market. And they give you some leverage to, to run. And then you pay some sort of, some sort of fee that is outrageous, but it's good. I like the fact that they put that. So it's better for brands, global brands. If you know that you want to really advertise in Nigeria, you really have to advertise to Nigerians. Then you have to pay to advertise to Nigerians. So it's a, it's, it's a good one. But that period when the law was introduced, it caused some kind sort of disruption to advertising space because some campaigns had to, they had to pay most of that, most people that are working on multinational brands are to post for a post on their campaigns for like maybe three months before they got it sorted okay okay really really important um and a lot of row has you know actually um be the akron has been involved in in nigeria um in 2023 and most of the statements we sound like what what is this but well we're sitting pretty fine with it now onyeka was funding still an issue for mm. marketers in africa in 2023 <laughs> yeah for sure i mean this is why i keep referencing you know like i focus a lot you know in this space the people I tend to focus on um, to see how it's going to impact things is really the investors. The reason for that is if investment is drying up, then founders begin to become uncomfortable and they begin to really double down on expenses. Sometimes they even try to, everybody knows marketing is important. Everybody knows, you know, like advertising, you know, branding is important. 
but sometimes when you know it becomes tough or runway is looking like you know i need to extend this runway how do i do it some some would then start to justify how like oh maybe we can take another approach or maybe it's not you know very necessary that we do this at this time so it was definitely a struggle and with what happened you know just with funding this year because uh, compared and just doing like a compare contrast to 2022 there was a lot of influence a lot of cash flow and funding you know and seeing how it dried up and started drying up in december you know 2022 it really did influence the tactics for how you know businesses started to go about customer acquisition and if you look a little closely you're going to see how a lot of I would say startups and, and scale-ups as well. There's, you know, scale-ups that obviously the, you have like scale-ups like Money Points who still went very hard on like advertising and stuff like that. But you would notice how a lot of people are taking a lot, the, the, the businesses or brands are taking a lot more sales-led approach because even the investors are questioning like the economics of, economics of scale. And, you know, like how, the question now becomes it's not how do you become popular anymore or you know influence would i say still influential but like it's not a popularity contest to these um investors anymore it's like how much revenue is coming in and how much are you bringing in and um you know we're now looking at did we make the right decision you know like and things like that so all of these things happening has really impacted how much they are willing to spend in terms of marketing or the consideration. It's something that has really gone into the consideration for how much should we be spending on marketing. And I think when you look at investment and then you also look at the state of the, it's a global economy problem, but then levels that there's, there's levels to things, global economy where you're dealing with a developed region or you're dealing with a developed side of the world, a part of the world that global economic downturn is different from what global economic downturn is here in Africa. So when you look at that as well, it's also impacted how people are going about things. But it's not to say that, you know, that a lot of people have thrown away marketing. It's, also, it's just saying the approach is maybe a little more creative. The budget is not as flamboyant as it used to be, or extravagant rather, as it used to be, you know, like less spend, less experiment, let's do this. A lot more people are more cautious about experimenting now at this time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What other challenges did you notice? What other challenges did the industry face in 2023? In terms of marketing, so I think it's also a thing of, customer acquisition and then like customer retention how to it's been a challenge in terms of bringing the cost down and then this this one has to do a lot with like you know when we look at the when we look at the economy at large and then see what's happening you know with dollar and like fluctuations and all of that the cost of acquisition that maybe was last year is different from what cost of acquisition is now. Why my focus is a lot more on the funding side, where I'm seeing the challenges, you know, or the viewpoints coming from the fact that people are spending this money to actually make money. So if they can't um, really balance out how, you know, like if you want to get one customer, just how much it costs, right? 
how is that sustainable and then how are we actually retaining these customers so i think that that's the challenge that i have observed in terms of how the 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 cost of acquiring customers now here has skyrocketed you know and also trying to find a more strategic ways to actually retain because that's where really the money comes in from um being able to retain the customer so that they can have some lifetime value you know mm. so yeah susan in your opinion based on what you've noticed what challenges does the marketing industry face in 2023 which is like she rightly said the first thing on the list on anybody's list would be inflation this has really impacted on how we do business and when we want to do business. So before, right now, brands have to think, have like strategic thinking sections for them to spend money. Before you have an initiative that you want to carry out, you really do not need, as long as the initiative is a laudable one, you really don't need to think about it too much. All you have to do is commit money to it and ensure that it's done. But right now, you have to prioritize. You have to think, which one should I do? Which one shouldn't I do? So that inflation really impacted the industry. Another thing that I noticed from advertising industry aspects is um, data. So data has always been and is still the bane of advertising in Nigeria. It's a problem. We always say there's no data in Africa, there's no data in Nigeria. It's one problem and it's still a problem. So, dates. There's a media industry data that we use for planning as we speak. That data was supposed to be out, I think, um, around June, June 15, but as we speak, it hasn't been released yet. In fairness to the organizers, they're trying to, um, what's the word now? They're trying to, they are moving from, another software to another one so i trying to transition yeah so it's taking a longer period so data is one thing that has, that has really impacted the industry as i'm speaking to you now i'm already planning for next year and i'm trying to think outside the box what can i do what am i using to, as my rationale for picking whatever i'm picking so data and um, media inflation or inflation generally impacted the industry then in a positive light because um, when i noticed that we now have 3d board i was i was quite excited and uh, 3d designs 3d designs are here to stay that one has impacted the industry positively and uh, the rise of 3d boards i saw like um one the other day and i was quite excited that wow this is here to stay so brands are trying to consider how they can commit money into this if it's, it's a, an initiative that they need, they need to do so we're actually at the point where all everybody's at the point all brands every managers account managers brand managers at the point where we are seeing how much we can commit to this and if it's here to stay basically and how it's where at the end of the day influence the brand at large mm, thank you very much for that onyeka you're you're giving thumbs up you know, to that yeah. data part. Yeah, data thing is a, it's, a, it's a struggle, and I, I must, it's a huge struggle. Something that we committed to at SIT is being able to provide, when she says, like, oh, she needs, you know, like planning and all of that, 
um, and we we focus on teaching these professionals like strategy and branding and something that we realized is just in them when i say like oh there's no intentional branding or there's lack of intentional branding in tech space in africa like africa is the most unbranded continent and then speaking about tech it's just there's a lot more let's just say there's no branding and you can quote me but you know when i sure we, will and <laughs> <laughs> we thought about it you know something that we did you know as a solution that we're providing and we're looking to really scale it is actually creating case studies on african brands that professionals can actually refer to and the reason why it's so important is because if you're looking at western resources western regions have western problems and their problems just like how you can see YC investing in like a dog food company, for instance, that's a separate conversation here. What we're struggling with is relatively different. So to be able to see stuff that supports what is being built here, the problems that are being addressed here is something that, you know, a lot of marketers, a lot of people in the branding, marketing, advertising space actually need to be able to have a hold of so that they can marry their solutions, you know, like use see references of people who have built like them and built in the same climate to and marry that to the solutions that they are creating as well so that's why i gave a thumbs up it's a serious it's a huge problem as a brand strategist i can tell you that it took me like eight years of sitting in across different industries and different companies to be able to even know what i i know but how many people are going to do that you know like how many people are actually going to get the privilege or opportunity to do that so yeah Mm, interesting wow i hope that someone who's listening to this now can provide some solutions that would help those of us in the marketing and advertising space and that we're also not just going to be looking for solutions but we're looking at solutions that are local solutions right local solutions to um, local and global problems but moving moving fast and away from this let's look at training hiring recruitment in the marketing and advertising space in 2023 i do not want to give any props you know (laughs) but i just want to ask how (laughs) what do you have in mind please just 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 spill can you go first (laughs) what is this (laughs) can you go first (laughs) Are we talking about Jack Ma? Ah, syndrome now or something? There's there's so much. What did you notice? What did you notice? What did I notice? Yes, in terms in terms of hiring, training, um, recruitment, firing. You know, what were what were the major things that caught your attention? So there's the you know there's a reason why I decided to you know build what I decided to build, which is SIT and. I, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there and I'm really curious to hear what Susan has to say. She mentioned Jaffa and that is a pandemic on its own. And what that is doing is it's taking away the best of our talents. And you really can't blame anybody because if you know that you have the, and I, I say best of our talent, meaning the expert level of people who have the ability to grow into experts really quickly because it's a gift that they have and all they need is growing it's taking them out of the country. And I think what we are not even really understanding is how there's a scheme, right? And I'm not saying that this is bad, but there's a scheme by all of these countries that are opening up their doors 
to actually like accept them into the country there's a scheme that and we are just it's like we're dashing people quality talents and now to the main point there's japa and what that's leaving us with is low quality talent and this is not take a jab at anybody but before when i started you know like working in this space you would have gone through like you would have agency experience you would have worked with like relatively like complex brands you would have some really granular experience that make you a strategic thinker i think one thing that we can say like on this call susan and i is that we are both sounding out strategy and you can see that but for the crop of talents that are actually coming up there's not that and you know there's the oh there's the rise of tech startups and what that's doing is it's opening up doors is creating doors of opportunities or job opportunities for young talent who have not been groomed and who don't really understand certain things right and you see somebody like who is when you talk about marketing you see someone who is social media marketing but don't even understand if a brand is putting fifty thousand dollars to grow their social media brand do you not realize that that is an asset to the company it's not vibes so you have a crop of low quality talents and it's a serious problem and you know for you how many people are going to hire experts and how many experts are you going to have sitting in your company how many can you hire at a time that's that's the question how many experts are you going to hire there needs to be a mix you're going to have some experts you're going to have some that are coming up and there is no i i, I can see what's happening in the sense of when we even talk about trainings a lot of focus on overly niched it's not a bad thing to learn product or whatever overly niche that it doesn't to broaden up their senses to if you're going to work in a tech company and you're going to work we're forgetting that if you come in and you say you're doing marketing a lot of what people are aiming to where that job is leading to is cmo the job of a cmo is not just to sit on social media and market that is a very that is management level job and we're teaching people like overly specialized skills and not creating room for skills that broaden their perspective to think strategically to be able to solve very very complex problems and it's really impacting the quality of people you see people who they can perform in product they can perform in content ux UI. they don't know anything else about the company without realizing that marketing is supposed to shake hands with sales and supposed to shake hands with customer experience and supposed to shake hands with design and so many other factors in uh, so many other areas in in the company so what we are left with japa wave aside i i think what we are left with is just a pool of low quality talents that at best we bring them up to very very specialized skills but if we look at the problem that we are solving in africa founders don't yes you need people who know that skill but you need people who can support you in a larger capacity because your your resources the kind of support you you have already is limited so that's what i would say about about this whole marketing you know the talent scape you know in, in africa it's really really bad it's in a bad place that's where i would leave it wow um just for records um you know people it's on your account to jobs at vibes not me just for the records yeah um susan what do you think so i agree completely completely with onyeka we have experienced a lot of lots of talents this year alone in my age in my own units i know we've lost like six persons 
at some point earlier this year i had to be the only one that was handling like six persons and um, job that's so cool. yeah i had to for like a while before they could get hands to and um, the truth of the matter is that it's not everybody that is willing to work it's not everybody that wants to learn the, the kind of um people that you have outside now they are just interested in making quick money they want to be they want to hand big so they come to the agency they learn they just learn the process and they go somewhere else and we have we have linkedin now someone will tell you is a manager is a director meanwhile he has not even done internship he has not even finished internship so we really do not have quality people people interested in learning the ropes advertising is learning on the job but then you I, I was telling one person one young talent but you need to have initiative because i can teach you the work but i will not teach you to think i can't help you think like she said so nobody is going to help you think you have to be a thinker to work here you have to be able to challenge whatever brief you've given you have to be able to challenge that is why uh, in advertising you see that you have opportunity to call your guy by name all of that is to encourage conversation so that you can share your ideas so your guy is not alpha and omega it's not good it means that you can actually question you can challenge whatever he's saying in advertising that's why you use first name so it's not because i'm calling you mr mr anthony i can't tell you what i think you should do so you don't have people like that anymore and really i do not blame them is a function of our system the system is corrupt everywhere is corrupt young talents are looking for you see young girls they are into aristo i want to make money I want to just be fine sitting pretty now go say sitting pretty you don't want to think outside the box you just want someone to spend money on you you go you see young boys that they are talented they're supposed to learn one trade or the other they are doing yeah we are so at the end of the day when they are done with school what is the same sort of people that are in school that are turning out so the system the educational system is is messed up for us to fix every other sector that sector needs to be fixed i was listening to radio the other day and somebody was saying why would doctors not japa we are complaining about not having qualified hands to fill the positions in the hospitals based on and somebody was saying if the large chunk of the budget is allocated to another sector and the sector that is supposed to be funding servicing that sector which is the educational educational sector is being sidelined what do you expect everybody want to so the good hands don't want to stay here you're not even paying them well they're not paying them well they, they feel there's insecurity so if they hang so much they're going to be a problem in their community because everybody will come to their house not i mean of course they, are, they won't be secure so they need to look for a better um, environment to live and that's why they will live so we, this year we witnessed a lot. It's not just in advertising; it's everywhere. But I think advertising was affected a lot. Uh -huh. Advertising and um, the um, health um, sector was affected affected the most. I can tell you because in my company, I know how many people left. And I, as I speak to you now, we've not even been able to replace some of those talents. You wow. can't. Where are you going to find them? It can't. So is is something that we need really need to look at, and. So the only way we can help people that are coming, because of course, everything is about upbringing. It doesn't mean that majority of the people are this way, millennials or Gen Z, they don't want to work. But you still have some that are talented that they want to hang. 
you want to end the right way. So I think it is proper for us to have a proper um what we like industry training and academy. I know Akon has, but we should have like a general one where everybody wants to go into advertising, wants to go into marketing basically. This is where you need to come and learn or you need to learn before you now go and practice. So we need to be big on training. We really do not you're not really big on training except when you come into the industry into the company and somebody is teaching you but i mean as an industry you need to be big on training i say for you to qualify to work here you need to xyz do this tick this box tick this box tick this box so, uh, uh. Onyeka, do you do you agree to the fact I that we <laughs> i haven't even like i have i'm not even done with asking <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. So we need to put a little bit more structure to the standards. And I, I, there's structure, yes. There's education. There's there's one thing. It's and what she said. It's a systematic problem. First of all, there's a grass grassroots problem that has not been addressed. And when we talk about people like wanting like fast money and all of that, it has to do with like mind framing. So how have their minds been framed? this is based off of what they have, they've seen the kind of leadership they've been exposed to and i really think it is on because when we even think about it and we think about education when you sit in school that's not what they're teaching so it's not even a function of formal education the, which is why you have bodies like the un that have actually you know designed goals to actually meet setting level of training for informal education right and informal education can look it, it it comes in very different ways something that we're addressing what she spoke about is them not being able to think i really think that people can be taught to think it's who is who is willing to even teach these people how to think who's going to dedicate time to teach people to think because there's a there's a method for actually thinking there are people who can think and think rubbish or think off points or nonsense or they don't have a structured way of thinking but you can teach people how to think and i I've, I've done this i've seen i have alumni i've seen people it's actually worked for them so i think people can be taught to think uh not everybody is going to japa and at the point where i think everybody in the industry needs to wake up and sort of collaborate is when you start seeing that at some point the og staff members that you have are no longer going to be there they're going to move on what are you left with at the end of the day so it's coming to bite everybody in the bottom <laughs> at some point or the other it will touch everybody so it's for everyone to be proactive enough my own i have focused on teaching people how to think and how to you know you know you know learn branding someone else has to focus on teaching and i i think focus on things that can actually when you think about designing solutions also think about the context of where you are and not just oh teach somebody i'll teach you this skill the truth is when you enter advertising you're going to do i worked in advertising and i can tell you i went from copywriting to project management to account management brand management client relations you're not going to do one thing like if you're good if you're expert talent you're not going to do one thing so how do you teach people to be multi-functional and actually extremely valuable in companies so uh, yeah it's a very very deep problem that it can only be solved like again strategy and i think education people need to be educated outside of the four walls of what we think education really is mm, okay for people who eat strategy for breakfast i, I have i really see i really feel that we'll be able to you know strategize our way out of this particular challenge now 
let's look at top peaks, not moments now, but peaks, yeah? In terms of campaigns or projects, which ones, and yes, you have a choice, everyone has a choice here, and everyone has to make a choice. Which projects or campaigns do you think, like, did great with their marketing or advertising this year, 2023? Let's skip it to three, yeah? Top three. And why? Susan and Onyeka. I think... Susan, Susan can go. I don't really have a topic, and I don't know what the criteria for selection. Oh, is. it's totally, it's totally. So it's totally based on your, you know, whatever you think. So if we, if we're looking at, um, you know, either campaigns or projects or anything that just comes straight to mind, when you think of, oh, this was, this is a great job to reference. So this is something that it's great to um. actually reference. Which would you be, and why do you think it's like great to reference? Okay, so um, first thing is, first campaign of one of you talking about would be Paddy, Paddy Water. I think it did great, and uh, why am I picking it as uh, one of the brands that did greatly this year is because of the human connection. You know, water is essential, so they were able to bring down, but not, not in all of the commercials, but some of the commercials were, were able to tell us that storytelling part was there came out and they were able to navigate us through this journey how you need somebody to be there for you and of course water is that essential okay then the second one is i can't remember the name of the brand but it was on the big brother nigeria where the i think i'm not sure it's op i think it's what brand where this babe went to get water get to buy food there's this your account name, having different account name, and maybe having issues with some um, transaction. So where this lady went to buy food, went to buy food, and then at the end of the day, she started to make payments, but the payment failed, because she was debited, and then she had to start. She she was meant to sweep. Um, what's the word now? She was meant to wash plates. So. Okay. It was quite functional because most times you find ourselves in situation where. It happens to everybody you make payments you've been debited but the person it, it declined basically it declined but you have been debited and then so it was quite functional the brand point yes money point mm-hmm. thank you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was quite um functional it was quite functional so that's another pick for me um this brand which advert did i say again this year that was top notch for me I'm still thinking when I get another one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Onyeka, uh, you know, you can also do um, persons or personalities too. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that's, yeah. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I agree with you because I think advertising or ad blind, I don't like ads. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't like ads. I think it's too on the nose and I think it's a little too forceful. <laughs> For someone who works in marketing, wow. I, I don't like it. I think there's you're dealing with psychology a way to ingrain a lot of things into people's brains there's so many ways to do it that is not like a tv screen it's a personal preference i don't i'm not saying it doesn't work for other people i just i don't like them but i would say i really like piggy vest piggy vest has never and i'm not even talking about a specific campaign i love all their campaigns i i really like piggy vest or i would say they are the brand would i say i would give them brand of the year and I would say this because of, first of all, the product has advertised itself to me. 
it's mm. they've never had to ever come to me to say a word i capture or i see some of their ads every once in a while but i also think that they've gone they've done a good job in terms of who they've used as the figurehead which is their their co-founder Ojun, and the kinds of initiatives mm. involved in so that's what attracts me as well also knowing that and yeah um also the way that their employees seem to portray the brand as well is also very interesting to me so that's one the other one would be advancedly advancedly because um, maybe I, I have a little bit of background information in terms of just how much they've been able to also scale i think their initiatives really appeal to me because they are very impact focused and they are driving like accessibility to actual um credits for small businesses across africa and the way that they've been able to expand rapidly so that's sort of what i take note of as opposed to what they are trying what is consciously or what has been intentionally designed to be sold to me i would i, I would look more at the statistics than anything else who else would i say i mean i've come across money another personality I, I i would say like i can relate with is kennedy of keeper i really think that he's he's to be able to disrupt and do things a little unconventionally but still be able to engage community because it's very unconventional and when we see brands in africa africa doesn't do so well with unconventional personalities but he's been able to navigate being an unconventional personality and winning the hearts of like nigerian africans um even globally because he's not a local figurehead so those would be people that i would say that they've impressed me so far so yeah okay um susan do you want to add one more or let it be a wrap okay that's a wrap so finally i want us to end on a note of ethics ethics within you know marketing and advertising how much work still needs to be done so in nigeria in regards to advertising i'll say that um, we are doing fairly good so we still have some sort of work to do but you know ethics is is more of a personal or a corporate thing so personally we need to be able to reach out especially those um, industry experts they need to be able to reach out to ensure reach out to younger talents in the industry and ensure that the ethics um, and the advertising space is what is currently being added to so i would say that we've not really had much issue except for I think uh, it was Easter um, period where all of the telecoms brands, we've had it in the past, but we had another one this Easter period where all of the telecoms brands had to use the same concept for advertising and it was basically approved and Hapcon didn't call that out because that was supposed to be big. So I'll say, based on my understanding, ethics has nothing to do with the regulatory body is more of the industry giant what is acceptable and what is good for the greater um for everybody what is the greater good for everyone so as industry regulators or industry um, experts we need to be able to hold our forward and ensure that the young talents are well groomed in this aspect so i'll say we are doing fairly fairly good uh, we still, we still have some work to be. Okay, Onyeka, what are your thoughts? 
Okay, well, I think in this landscape, the ethics are they are they are pretty fair. Um, to be honest, I don't think that we find any practice, or we don't we don't find well not any, but I don't think that we find much practice that is outside of the or out of line or a little too extreme right so i think all in all fair i'm guessing that that's also like being contributed largely by the actual regulatory um leg, regu, hmm, regulatory bodies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm guessing that it's been something that they have been able to maintain right we've not seen a lot of sanctioning and yeah, so I think all in all, fair. I I don't know if there is a standard for the ethics or the practices that we use. You know, I, I'm speaking more in terms of advertising. I, I don't know if there's an actual standard or standardized practice system. And I'm guessing that there is. And maybe that's something that's been able to really regulate how we go about things here. So... I would say fair so far. I don't have very huge opinions on on the ethics that we, we use to practice here. Okay. What are your wishes for Christmas and for the new year, hmm. Onyeka? My biggest wish for Christmas and the new year is it has to deal more with talent. And my wish would be that we begin to appreciate the ones that we have here as as raw as the talent may be as maybe ungroomed we begin to appreciate them and actually start to take initiative to groom them so we can keep them you know do our best to groom them not everybody will stay but i think we need to start thinking about actually keeping talents here okay and susan your wishes for December and Christmas and the New Year? Personally, I would say good health, good health and prosperity and for the industry because I work in advertising, advertising budgets, <laughs> advertising budgets to spend next year. Uh, Onyeka is agreeing with you too, so <laughs> I, I think I would say more investment closing. <laughs> There are more investments in these companies. I pray they secure more investments because um, that that's really what impacts a lot of the stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Talent basically, because even when we have the budgets and then you don't have good hands, mm. the day everything will not really work out to flop. So, talent and money to spend. Susan mm. mm. likes money. <laughs> yeah yeah thank you very much susan and onyeka yeah at the end of the day i appreciate the fact that it was really interactive and we got into some great areas and we're also able to touch on some areas that ordinary would have just left it at the the topmost but we got into some details and the gray areas importantly thank you so much for bringing your expertise to this podcast episode thank you thank you for having us thank you thank you for having us thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com